Good morning. 639 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a Pensacola Morning News. Uh, I want to introduce you to somebody that many of you already know. It is uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse Helms. He is uh, the chief of the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee Indians here in the uh, in Santa Rosa County. Uh, chief Dan, uh, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, Jay. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I know you always bring the language, and I love it. I, every time I see you at an event or when you're doing a proclamation or whatever it is, you always try to educate. I'm very slow to pick it up, so I apologize. But, yes, welcome. Um, there's a bill that's been filed by Michelle Salzman, who is, of course, a member of your tribe. And I want to talk about that, HB 553. But before we talk about the particulars of the bill, I want to do for the audience what you just did for me, which is basically quadruple my my level of knowledge in the course of about four minutes. Um, for people who may not know, uh, you are a, um, a local Indian tribe based in Milton, right? That's correct. And is, is there a land mass or is there a space where you own, occupy at all? Uh, we do. We uh, are in Milton off Willard Norris Road. And we have 95 acres of uh, land, about uh, 30 acres is uh, cleared, and the remainder is in uh, natural forest. Uh, We actually have property on both sides of Pond Creek for almost a half mile. And uh, so we also have uh, about a 4,000 square foot Native American cultural center on the property, as well as uh, replica creek villages and uh, replica uh, Creek Square Grounds, where we do teaching uh, to uh, folks who come out to the grounds and especially to the school children. Well, I feel very dumb because I believe that we have biked that area recently and I didn't come in to say hi and didn't do any, which I should have. I, I definitely will get over there. Um, how many members of the tribe do you have? Um, active members, we have uh, about 685. Okay. And... Uh, they're mostly located in the Northwest Florida area. In fact, probably 60 to 70 percent of the uh, tribe members actually live within 60 miles of our tribal grounds. And then we have some that are over into the Alabama, and then we have some that are uh, have moved to other parts of the country for their uh, jobs. Okay, so about a third actually live outside of that zone, which to me seems like quite a bit, but uh, about two-thirds live within that zone. And again, just because you know, I think it's fascinating to understand, and I, I realized that as of 10 minutes ago, I didn't know a lot of things. That's why I'm trying to uh, share the information. Um, you, Most of the people do not live on the land that you own, right? That's correct. Um, we only have one person who lives on the land to as a caretaker. Okay, and, and, and the term that gets used about land owned and occupied by Indian tribes is a reservation. Is it accurate to call your land a reservation inaccurate? I just don't know. I'm asking. No, it is not a reservation. Uh, the term for it is igana, which means grounds. Okay. And um, people who are members of the um, the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee are citizens of the United States, citizens of Florida. Uh, is it a political entity with sovereignty separate from anything else, or is it not like that at all? Uh, it's not like that at all. Uh, of course, the people who live in Florida are citizens. Well, everybody's citizens of the United States, but those who uh, live in Florida are 
uh, have the same rights uh, as any other person who lives in Florida. There's nothing extra that we have. Uh, there is no sovereign immunity. Uh, sovereign immunity is something that comes with federal recognition, and that sets up a governmental relationship between a tribe and the federal government. And so we have no no sovereign immunity, uh, and and we're not federally recognized, obviously. So is it, and you know, if I and anywhere in here, if I get it wrong, you feel free to correct me, okay? But um, would it be fair to say then that, like Michelle Salzman is a member of your tribe, she is also, of course, a state legislator, um, and of course, a U.S. citizen. Um, instead of what people might typically think of an Indian tribe as being that you are sort of a um, a family of relatives with history, tradition, and culture, and not political entity the way people might think of, of a tribe being. Is that an accurate way to describe it? Uh, yes, that's, that's accurate. We, uh, uh, in, every member of our tribe uh, has to submit written documentation that uh, uh, is basically a chain of custody, if you will, uh, from that individual back to a documented Creek Indian, where they're documented on a, a, a roll or a census or um, by some other way, we have a, a, a set of standards that are uh, have to be met to absolutely prove that you have uh, Creek heritage uh, before you can become a member of the tribe. Uh, we are pretty much all cousins in one way or another, so I guess you could say that we're a family in that respect, but we are certainly a tribal family, and uh, we uh, do what we can to look out for our, our folks and uh, uh, take care of them as, uh, in, in any way that we can. Well, I have learned more about your tribe in the last five minutes than I ever knew, and I really that's why I wanted to ask you because I really, really appreciate you explaining that which will set the stage for us to talk about this bill in just a moment. We're talking to uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse-Helms uh, of the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee, and uh, we'll be back in just a second with you, Dan, while Candy gives us traffic on the fives. Just watching that one accident. Good morning, Chief. Uh, West Michigan Avenue and Clifton Avenue in Pensacola. It's a vehicle crash, and it was showing a roadblock just a little bit earlier. It looks like that has been moved off to the side. 437-1620 if you have a traffic tip. News Radio 92.3 Informative, Local, Dependable. Thanks so much, uh, Candy. Now back to uh, Chief Dan. Okay, so this bill Bill, HB 553, would essentially recognize you by a government entity for the first time ever, and that carries benefits with it, right? Not not benefits from Florida, per se, but benefits in terms of other things, right? Correct. Um, the bill would uh, gives all the unrecognized Indian tribes and bands of Florida a pathway to state recognition. And with that pathway would come the ability or even the smallest of tribes, to have the same unfettered access to cultural programs, grants, uh, which are only at this time available to government-recognized tribes. Um, the, the bill is culturally based. Uh, what it does not do, it does not provide for any sovereign immunity, as we talked about. Uh, it does not provide uh, for any uh, gaming. It does not open the door for expansion of gaming in the state of Florida. It has nothing to do with that, uh, nothing to do with the sale of tobacco, nothing to do with the sale of uh, alcohol, no commerce whatsoever. Uh, the bill uh, doesn't in any way affect or change uh, or address 
the curriculum in Florida schools, and it provides uh, for no financial obligation from the state of Florida to any of the recognized tribes. So this doesn't do any of the what people might consider negatives or question marks, the things like casinos and all of that kind of stuff, or give you interest in land or anything else. It is purely a recognition so that you can become eligible for, for example, these uh, cultural funds, uh, federal funds, and get the actual recognition that you've been seeking for so long. That's that's the total effect of the bill, right? Exactly. Uh, And as an example, uh, the Pensacola News Journal had an article that they had done in 1990, which identified 15 Indian tribes in the Florida Panhandle. And as of today, only six of those tribes are still in existence. So what this bill would do would provide access to the resources uh, to keep uh, many tribes from going extinct. Wow. Which, which again, it's it's a matter of giving you f- official government recognition makes you eligible for these funds, which right now you don't have that official recognition, which is why you can't get access to those funds, which is, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> it seems like a really easy thing to do, and I love to see a, uh, a bipartisan group of legislators, Democrats and Republicans, in support of this. Um, before we let you go, Dan, I did want to just real quick make sure that people, we, we've talked about it periodically on the show, but one of the things that's been done in Milton already Ready and is coming in uh, in um, uh, Pensacola is some recognitions of some pretty awful things that happened in the past to members of your tribe before, but we are now at least owning up to admitting and commemorating the sites of those horrible things with historic markers, right? That's correct. Um, before I address that, I would like to say that uh, with this bill. Uh, for the first time in 170 years, there would be a pathway for recognition of Indian tribes in the state of Florida. Wow. Uh, and that is since the uh, Florida's Indian Removal Act of 1853. Um, and to address the uh, historic markers, we are so pleased to be working with both the city of Pensacola and the city of Milton. Um, there were two incidents, uh, one in Milton and the marker has already been put up. It was called the Lumberton incident, where an Indian man was uh, uh, was shot in the leg in the streets of Milton or Lumberton at that time. And, uh, and instead of uh, facing the mob that was coming after him, he pulled his knife and, and uh, cut his own throat mm. rather than endure what was about to happen. And he, as he was uh, dying, he uh, lifted his knife up to his 10-year-old son to motion for him to do the same thing, but the the mob got to the the boy before he was able to act, and then they took the man, put a noose around his neck, drug him down to the river, and pulled him up underneath the log raft and left him there till he was dead. So that's the the Lumberton incident. And in Pensacola, at Pombayo Tahar, uh, around the area of Bayview Park, um, about three weeks before Andrew Jackson came into uh, Pensacola, there was a group of uh, American soldiers who came down from the fort up in South Bruton, Alabama, came down the Escambia River, came up onto the where Bayview Park is now, and there was a refugee camp of Creek people who had uh, flee, had fleed there to um, be under the protection of the Spanish because their homes kept getting burned out. And uh, so uh, when the soldiers got there, all the warriors were away 
working or hunting, and there were 30 Creek women and children that were there in the village that day. And the American soldiers uh, landed there at the village and massacred all of the women and children. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, uh, it's it's hard stuff to hear. It's hard stuff to, you know, obviously hard stuff to know happened in, in our area, but we know a lot of awful, horrible things happen. And, um, you know, kudos to the city, both cities, Pensacola and Milton, for finally bringing some recognition to these atrocities and, you know, doing something to keep up public awareness of these things. Uh, again, the bill, if you want to contact your legislator, HB 553, uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse Helms of the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Thanks for teaching me things that I didn't know. And you're always welcome here uh, for any reason that's uh, relevant to what you do with the tribe, man. I really appreciate it. Well, then I will say Mado, thank you. And there is no word for goodbye in the Muskogee language. So I will say Hatamchi Chatnis, which means I'll see you again. Hatamchi Chatnis. Dang it, say it again. Hatamchi Chatnis. That's as close as I'm getting today. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for the time, <laughs> sir. And we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Madame.